everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Geeky Podcast. It's episode number 128. My name is Alex Dreamer. It's a pleasure to be with you here today, as it is each and every Saturday. Almost each and every Saturday. All right, I've taken a couple Saturdays off this summer, but I'm allowed to after 128 episodes, right? Cut me a break. And yes, that's what we know is a defense mechanism. But no, we're on a full slate of shows now. Here this Saturday, August the 13th, as the summer in August just uh, flies on by, my flag football league is hoping is, is hosting its opening day meet and greet in just, not next week, in just two weeks. Two weeks. I was telling a friend, it feels like the first day of school is upon us, and it really is still like that as an adult. I mean, in the summer months, everyone goes their separate ways, they get into their own worlds, and then August creeps up. September, and then everyone's back into their old routine. So yes, the first day of school, even for us adults, uh, is arriving very soon. Uh, But pleasure to be with you here today. Always great to spend a portion of my weekend with you all. Uh, Coming up in a few moments, I will speak with NFL reporter Henry McKenna, who covers the AFC East for Fox Sports. And I'm going to talk to Henry about Carl Nassib, uh, though Henry covers the AFC East, knowledgeable about all things NFL including Carl Nassib, and where he stands right now, because training camp is in full swing, preseason week one in full swing, my New England Patriots played their first preseason game on Thursday, and they lost a last-second field goal to the Giants. How will they ever recover from such a devastating defeat? But really, preseason underway, training camp underway, Carl Nassib still unsigned. What's the deal? Up until this point, I've preached patience, with Nassib and said, well, he was cut due to financial reasons. The Raiders saved roughly $8 million on the cap when they cut him, and he was just a rotational piece for them. So the move made financial sense, and there are a few other veteran pass rushers still on the market, and that's the case with Ryan Kerrigan and Everson Griffin and Trey Flowers and a few others. So let's wait, 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 wait. Um, But I'm I'm pretty much tired of waiting at this point because, as we've said, it's mid-August. August 13th, Nassib is still unsigned, so Henry gives us a little more insight into uh, Carl's potential situation, how NFL free agency works at this stage, and when do we really start saying, "Mm, something fishy is going on here, and we are quickly arriving at that point. So Henry McKenna with some good stuff on Nassib coming up in a few moments, but I want to start off the show here this week by talking about another one of our American pastimes, baseball. That's right, baseball, 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 because we had a player come out this week. Solomon Bates is a former minor league pitcher who publicly came out as gay on Tuesday on the same day he was released from the San Francisco Giants organization. Bates was playing for their AA affiliate, the Richmond Flying Squirrels, and there is a lot of cool stuff about this story. Beginning with the fact, of course, that Bates, an active out pro baseball player. Let's add another one to our small list. Bates is the second active minor league baseball player to ever come out publicly following David Denson in 2015. We've had no active players come out in Major League Baseball, but other active pro ball players to come out in independent ball have included Sean Conroy and Brian Ruby, who's written a couple really good essays for us on Outsports over the last few months. Um, But now we can add Solomon Bates to that list, 25-year-old right-hander who has a solid minor league track record, 17-6 career record as a pitcher, 
4.30 ERA. This season, Bates went 4-1 with a 3.74 ERA. And the best part about Solomon Bates' story is his confidence. He is supremely confident. And when he was released by the Giants organization this week, he guaranteed that he would be with another team very soon. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. Because on Thursday, Bates signed with the Sioux City Explorers, who are members of the American Association of Professional Baseball. That's an independent league that was founded in 2005. So what are some of the things that Bates has said over the last few days as he's publicly come out as gay? By the way, it's important to mention, Bates says he's been out to his teammates and thus members of the Giants organization since 2019. And he's publicly coming out now three years later, but that shows that this does not seem to be a problem for Bates and the Giants organization, did not seem to be a problem with Bates and his teammates, and he says he's coming out now so he can be freer than ever, which I also want to get to too. But this is what Bates said in his coming out post on Tuesday. He shared it on Instagram, also addressing his release. I'm still in shock on what just happened, but I'm not giving up on what I want to do. I'm still going to open up doors for gay athletes like me. I still will strive to be one of the greatest to do it. I ended on a high note from getting hurt to going out there and pitching my ass off. Baseball, I'm not done with you. I'm leaving on my terms and my terms only. Yes, gotta love that. I'm leaving on my terms and my terms only. And Bates is clearly not shying away from being a role model for other LGBTQ athletes. I'm still going to open up doors for gay athletes like me. And Carl Nassib has said this in the past, that coming out publicly and being that trailblazer is not easy. And as he said on one of his former teammates, Darren Waller's podcast last year, Raiders tight end Darren Waller, who fucking has to come out to their whole business, I believe, was Carl's exact wording. And he's right. And Michael Sam has talked extensively in the past, too, about the pressures he felt after publicly coming out and being that symbol of inclusion that he wasn't necessarily comfortable with being. ESPN actually ran a great segment last weekend on Michael Sam, who's now playing pro football in Barcelona. Uh, Very interesting story. And he talked a lot about how coming out, he came out, drafted by the Rams, cut, Cowboys practice squad, cut, and then he spiraled into depression and drinking and partying, and he's finally getting his life back on track, back playing pro football, Um, but Bates seems to be somebody, and I'm not dismissing what Carl says or Michael Sam has said, I mean, I'm sure it is a burden to be the only one and to carry this responsibility on your shoulders that you never asked to carry. I mean, just because you are a gay man and you want to tell the world you are a gay man does not mean that you then want to sign up and be a leader of any sort of social movement. Or you accept that responsibility, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. And Carl Nassib is somebody who's accepted and embraced the responsibility with all the money he's donated to the Trevor Project and how visible he's been over the last year plus. But still, he said... There was a lot of pressure and a lot of stress that came with being the only one. And Michael Sam has said similar things as well. And Solomon Bates says he understands that and he's jumping right into it. I'm still going to open up doors for gay athletes like me. And Arsid Ziegler caught up with Solomon Tuesday, shortly after his coming out post. 
Oh, and look at these lines. These are awesome. Uh, I'm just thinking about my next team. Life is good right now. I'm confident I'll be with a new team in the next few days. Checkmate, he was. I want people to see my stats and let people know that gay men can play baseball. I was on the verge of doing that. My shot just ended up short. And then here's what he also said to Sid uh, for us at OutSports that I think really ties it together nicely. I haven't been out as my complete self because I've been hiding myself, Bates said. I'm a masculine man who loves the sport of baseball, and now I want to open up doors for gay athletes like me. And Ken Schultz, one of our great contributors, wrote a column along these lines. It's worth reading, and it's a great message. And it goes back to what we've said and what I've said many times, that there's been this longstanding stigma around coming out publicly and playing sports, specifically male team sports at a very high level, like Solomon Bates. And that stigma always has been that you come out at your own risk, right? That if you come out, your career may be torpedoed and it could negatively impact your performance. It could could negatively impact the perception of you. And yes, you came out, but think of everything that you could lose. What Bates is saying is the direct opposite of that. And he's saying, look at me. I am now publicly coming out and look at everything I can gain. I can now be my complete self. I can now open up doors for gay athletes like me. And I can now be the best pitcher that I can be. Being out is a way to improve your performance. It is a way to improve your standing. It does not detract from it. I've said it a million times. I am not a pro athlete. Anybody who's seen me play flag football knows I am far, far from being a pro athlete. But I cannot imagine, especially at my age, 29 years old, being the best person I can be, never mind in my personal life, but how about my professional life? Being the best journalist, being the best podcaster, writer, broadcaster. I could never imagine performing at my full ability at any aspect of my job or really any aspect of my life if I were still closeted. And it, it sounds like Bates was out to his teammates and those close to him, but now he's out to everybody. And that worry about being outed is now totally gone because he is in firm control of his own narrative. So baseball, there's a lot of analytics in the game and a lot of talk about finding the next value and how do you get the most value out of players? Well, maybe, maybe it's now openly gay players who can be themselves. I mean, Luke Prokop in hockey has talked about this time and time again, about how he feels he played the best hockey of his life after publicly coming out as gay last summer. And Solomon Bates is saying a similar thing, that he thinks he will now be the best pitcher he's ever been because he publicly came out as gay. So that's awesome. And I'm really glad to see that Bates was correct. He was correct. He was very prescient when he said, He's confident he'll be with a new team in the next few days because that's what happened. He's with the Sioux City Explorers. We wish him the best as the season winds down and another spot in a major league organization next year. Ooh, so that's some good news, right? It balances out the topic last week, which is about Brittany Griner's Russia, Russia detention. So good to get a good story to kick off the show this week. Solomon Bates comes out and gives us all a lesson in self-confidence and how powerful that can be. Uh, so yeah, I brought up Carl Nassib a number of times when discussing Bates, 
Let's get to Carl Nassib specifically coming up next in his situation as he remains unsigned with NFL training camps and preseason now fully underway. NFL reporter Henry McKenna joins me on the other side to talk Nassib. It's the Sports Kiki. Thank you as always for listening. And welcome back to the show. As I said in the opening, really excited to have a real national NFL guy on here to uh, give us some ex- uh, expertise about Carl Nassib and where he stands as NFL training camps roll on and week one of the preseason rolls on as well. Henry McKenna, you can now catch him covering the AFC East at Fox Sports and FoxSports.com. What's up, Henry? Yo, Alex, how are you? Doing well, my man. First of all, congratulations on the gig, as I said about 80 times. So when we make an 81st time, congrats on the new gig. Um, but I said, I want to get your expertise here on Carl Nassib because we've written a lot about him on Outsports. I've talked about him on the show quite a bit this summer as well. So here we are, week one of the preseason underway, training camps in full swing. Isn't unusual that a player like Carl Nassib remains unsigned at this stage? Um, I think given... Well, okay. My answer is there is no player like Carl Nassib. Well, um, okay. Uh, he's the only openly gay player in the NFL. So if I was looking at him without that yes. um, element of his resume, uh, which it, it surely is a part of it, that's just how the NFL works, unfortunately, um, then I would say actually not too unusual for a guy like uh, who's a former starter to not quite have a deal yet. It's sometimes, for example, they just want a little more money than other teams are willing to give them. So the player will kind of sit around waiting for an injury to happen. And then the injury happens and the team's like, okay, all right, Carl, we'll give you the extra, you know, 500,000 or, or 1 million or 2 million even right. that you're asking for. Um, so, you know, it's possible he finds a home, but I think that the the fact that he's an openly gay player is, is sorry, that's my dog dropping her bone. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> uh, the fact that he's an openly gay player is certainly a factor as he finds work or, or doesn't find work. If, if there's anything that came out of the, the probe of Gay Gruden's uh, sorry, John Gruden's emails, is that we got a closer picture of the bigotry and the homophobia that it was at least rampant in Washington. And I think we'd be foolish to think that that's the only place where it's prevalent in the NFL, just like it's prevalent in the rest of our country. For sure. But, you know, with Carl Nassib, I go by what he said, and he said publicly many times his teammates are fully supportive, organization supportive. Um, so I do agree. He's different than everybody who ever came before him, obviously. But at this point, I'm still taking him at his word. And when I look at why he was cut by the Raiders, he was set to earn $7.7 million this season. The team saved roughly $8 million uh, on the cap by cutting him. I mean, that seemed to be purely a financial move. Um, what are some other... So you mentioned that, you know, removing... Just talking about him as a football player. There are Who are, the, who are some of the other p- veteran pass rushers out there? Who on the still on the market? Uh, who we might compare to? Because Trey Flowers is still available, right? Yeah, yep. He's. I think he's a guy. Trey Flowers is a guy who I kind of wonder if it, he's sort of like people are worried about his um, health prospects. Okay. Um, he 
started to kind of fade at the end of his um, at the end of his Lions career because of repeated injuries. So, right. it, you know, if a team like the Patriots aren't sniffing around Trey Flowers, they love reunions with right. players who are their former standouts that go on to play somewhere else. It doesn't quite work out because they got paid so much money and expectations were really high, and then they come back. Trey Flowers seems like a great candidate for that, and the Patriots didn't really even sniff around him that much. So you kind of wonder if maybe there's um, some health or just, like, general decline. But, like, um, let's see, Derek Wolf is a pretty good uh, comp. He's 32, Nassib's 29, so young, younger side. Tack McKinley. Mm. Um, for, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, also older, though. Right. Um, just kind of like looking at the list here. Yeah. Uh, I think I think ultimately, like like Nassib should should have you know an opportunity, and maybe it's just a matter of like you said, was getting paid super well in Vegas, and when when the leadership changed with uh, Josh McDaniels and uh, Dave Ziegler coming from the Patriots. They just don't see the, the personnel fit anymore, and especially when the money's not right. They just kind of let it go. Um, so it's a question of whether he can find a fit and a uh, contract that, that works for him. And like, I haven't reached out to his agent or anything like that to get a sense of what the market's like for him. But um, he's right there at the top of the, the sort of not too old and right. still established players. I mean, look at his... PFF grade, Pro Football Focus graded him at, I think, let's see, 67, which is like, that's a good grade. It doesn't sound like a good grade, but um, he can still pass rush. Yep. Solid, setting the edge in the run. Um, and I think there's an element of him, you know, just needing to find that right fit of money and role. The money thing is a portion that I don't think gets talked about enough because you're right. He was getting paid very well in Las Vegas. He, I'm sure, has a few million in, millions in the bank. And yeah, I think at this stage, guys like him do wait for that right opportunity. So my question is, when do we typically see, because you mentioned there are still a number of veteran, established, accomplished pass rushers and veteran free agents in general out there. When do we start to see more of them sign at what point is it fair if Nassib isn't part of that group do we go mm, maybe now we can say more legitimately that his sexuality might be playing a role here I guess when is it fair to get a little more skeptical if other guys sign and Nassib is still out there yeah well I, I mean you heard me at the beginning of this of this interview like I think I think I'm already skeptical just knowing what I know about the NFL but um I think over the next two weeks, injuries will start to happen, both with all these joint practices yep. ramping up, which are super competitive. And then, obviously, uh, preseason players start to get hurt. And, the, like, week two of preseason will probably be um, starter heavy. I think some teams are going to play some starters this week, too. So the more starters play, you know, that's the caliber of competition that NASA's honestly competing with uh, is these, like, you know, sub sub role players you know maybe they're not exactly the starting player although he wasn't in, in vegas last year but uh but he's more like the 12th man on the defense or something those guys might get hurt and if they get hurt then nasa should be like one of the top players that they call um 
the tricky thing for him is as you get further into like closer to the regular season, if, if then it becomes like even more about scheme because right. teams don't want to tr- teach their scheme to a guy who doesn't really, who hasn't operated in a similar defense. So it goes back to where he's played, what defenses he knows and what defenses he fits in. And it starts to get narrower and narrower as the season goes, it gets, as we get closer to the season. And then even when the season starts, it gets to get even trickier. And then, and then if the season goes kind of deep into it, it, it ends up being like, okay, well, the guy's been out of football for right. six months, a year. Do we even want to take a risk on right. he'd be 30 by next year, right? At that point, right. like year out, yep. you know, there's not always interest at that point. Yeah, you're right. So it really seems like it has to happen within, I don't want to say has to, but the next couple of weeks will be very telling. I think I definitely agree with that. Uh, Henry, great stuff, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So thanks go out to Henry for taking a few minutes during a very busy time of year for him and coming on the show. He's a good guy. I've known Henry for many years, and it's great to see good things happen to good people. So congrats on the new job. Some good insight there to Carl Nassib. And yeah, I mean, as I've as I said, I've been beating the drum all along. Yeah, nothing to see here. Let's preach the importance of patience with Nassib. But as Henry mentioned, we're kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty in terms of when Nassib and other veterans can sign on to NFL teams. They may have been holding out to this point because the money may not be right, but we're now in mid-August, and we have joint practices, more games the next couple weeks, so definitely a greater chance for injuries and a starter like Nassib to slot in. But once you get to the end of camp... Teams don't want to teach, or coaches don't want to teach new players, new schemes. And then once you get into the season, that gets even more difficult. And then the later you get into the season, as Henry said, then you have people saying, well, this is a guy who's almost 30 and hasn't played professional football in almost a calendar year. And then if you're out for a full season, it gets even tougher to come back. So we will definitely be watching Carl Nassib over the next couple weeks on this show. As always, if you have any show ideas, guest ideas, topic ideas, or anything and everything in between, hit me up on Twitter. At AlexHumor1 is my username. That again is at AlexHumor1. So long. We'll talk to you next Saturday.